Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Twins win earlier in the day, 2-0 beating the Tigers in Game 3 of the four-game set. So the Twins stop the skid at 2 and have a chance to gain a split of the four-gamer tomorrow afternoon. Louis Varland on the mound. Our sports coverage begins tomorrow, bright and early, 10 a.m., bright and early for me on a Sunday morning. 10 a.m., the huddle, Pete Najarian, Dave Schwartz. At noon, inside Twins, Jeremy Zoll checks in, uh, the Twins minor league guru. And then at 12.30, the lineup card with Chris, Corey, and Danny with all the play-by-play at 1.10. Father's Day at Target Field tomorrow. And... Twins managed three hits today, but the Tigers do the same. Bullpen day for the Twins. Hedrick, the winner, wins the loss. Duran the save, his ninth of the year. Twins win 2-0 today. We'll, we'll have some highlights. Alex Kirloff on the postgame show with Corey and Danny. We'll have uh, uh, a clip from that a little bit later on today as well. We'll go outdoors with Steve Carney at the end of the hour before we say goodbye Ahead of the news at 6 o'clock here at News Talk E3O-WCCO. Around the big leagues today, it is raining somewhere. And it was raining in Boston. Twin, or the Yankees and the Red Sox rained out. Looks like they'll play a twin bill tomorrow at Fenway Park. Uh, the Yanks eight games over. The Red Sox playing 500 ball. Josh Wheeler, our producer, made a good point. Once upon a time, Red Sox-Yankees was kind of like, you know, a ton of games in Network television, it, it was really a big deal. Now it's like, yeah, I'm bored with it. Yeah. Not the, you're, not you're, the same anymore. Not the same. Yeah, and I, the Red Sox have been down for a while. And, you know, I think the, the Yankees and Aaron Judge, and I, I really like watching him play. I I am impressed by, by Judge and the year he put up a year ago in a contract year. Yeah. I, I will always respect him, how he's handled New York, and how the fact he handled that contract year. He flat out bet on himself and had a year for the agents. Pretty much. And I'm, a, I, I'm really impressed. I know he plays for New York, and in this part of the world we're supposed to hate the Yankees. I can't hate the – I never hated Derek Jeter during his great career with the New York Yankees. I, I, I didn't. You know, and I know the boo birds would come out. I never understood that. Why why are you booing Derek Jeter? What has this guy done? He he's a great player playing on the the biggest stage in the big leagues. He's handled it beautifully. 
I, I, I don't know why people despise Derek Jeter. Now, as an owner, <laughs> you know, he's left a little bit to be desired. But um, all in all, as a player, I just never understood why people booed Derek Jeter when, when he came through the, the Twin Cities at the Dome and then ultimately Target Field. I mean, do you ever understand that, Josh? Did, I mean, were, were I you a guy that booed Derek Jeter? Not at all. Uh, oh. I was fortunate enough to be in the crowd for his final All-Star game, which was here at Target Field. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those players that was just played the game the right way pretty much his whole entire career. And that's what Aaron Judge pretty much resembles when he plays on the field. He's playing the game the right way. He's not, you know, getting deep into it with the media or anything like that. He's not letting the the sideshows kind of get the best of him. He's kind of just going out there doing his thing, and he's dominating the game. He's one of the best players in baseball, and he continues his role each and every year, and it seems like he's improving each and every year uh, that he's with the Yankees. And uh, I can definitely see this as being another one of those you know, Yankee lifers, if you if you will, just like oh, Jeter was, sure. where you, he probably will not change a team. I know there was a lot of buzz go, going into it you know, during his contract year, Ooh, is he going to go with the Giants? Is he going to go here? No, he's not. The Yankees are not going to ever let go of him. It's just a matter of kind of like where the Vikings are at. It's a matter, we're not letting go of a Justin Jefferson type player. It's just a matter of negotiating a contract. It's not a matter of is he on the team, is he not on the team. Uh, and I don't think it'll ever, ever come to that with a judge. But, yeah, kind of like you said, there's no reason to kind of, you know, nag these players. They play the game the right way, especially Derek Jeter. He was an icon for a lot of yeah. kids that now play baseball, and a lot of kids that a lot of players that are at playing shortstop in the uh, big leagues right now looked up to Jared, Derek Jeter as a kid. So uh, definitely one of those guys that you can kind of get behind and cheer for, even though they do play for the Bronx Bombers. Yeah, I, I, I've been so impressed. And once upon a time, Twins in the playoffs, it was kind of all hands on deck. And I, I know for some of the playoff runs, you know, there there would be – you know, a ton of reporters. And obviously when the Yankees come to town, they have a huge media contingent. And one of the years the the twins were in the playoffs with the Yankees, when when they were here, I I was assigned the Yankee beat, if you will. So I went in to get sound and then would would bring the sound back, cut it up. It would be used that night and then it would be used in in the morning the next morning so you know i I was out there getting audio and if i remember you know would maybe do a story or two but the the point being is i i was kind of in the belly of the beast a little bit when the yankees are here but what i always was interested in with all the beat writers and all the media coverage they do get and all the people that follow this team day in and day out and it's even more when they're in New York, let alone on the road, but it was a lot on the road, is how, at the time, Joe Girardi was the manager. And players like Derek Jeter, who got it, would handle it. They would sit there, and they would answer the questions. I just don't think you can afford to be a player that would hide or run away or not be up front. I, I was very impressed how they sat there calmly and answered questions about the ball game. And it it was handled so professionally. Now, I know that that's true, Rocco Baldelli, for instance. 
meets with the media after you know before the game and after every game and answers the questions. I mean, that part you've got to be impressed about Rocco Baldelli. But it, it really is interesting because it is such a long year, and there's going to be ups and downs. Like Joe Ryan, we played that audio before the ball game today about the struggles he had last night. That that isn't easy to to come out. When you, when you win, it's easy. When you play well, it's easy. It's when you struggled or made a bad play or struck out three times you know, to, to sit down there and answer the questions. And it, that that's always fascinated me about this game. In the NFL, you got one game a week. In reality, you've got a day where the locker room is open and there's press conferences, for instance, the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell has his press conference during the week. The coordinators do Kirk Cousins is one that'll come out and answer questions in a press conference format, you know, during the week and then following the game. Most players are in the locker room, and some are pretty good. I know when Adam Thielen was here and covering Viking games at U.S. Bank Stadium, Thielen was really good about, you know, get you know getting there and talking to the media. Some guys are better than others, but the ones that have to go out and stand in a press conference format and answer the questions. I've always been impressed by how Kirk Cousins has handled it. Whether you like Kirk Cousins or not, it's been pretty impressive. Let's get you up to date on the big league scoreboard at the moment. Texas having a phenomenal year. I think they're one of the surprises in the bigs this year. They lead the Toronto Blue Jays 4-2 down there in Arlington, bottom of the seventh. Bottom of eight, Miami leading the Washington Nationals 3-1. to Want to check in on our old buddy Louis Arise. There is a lot of interest in Louis Arise. And this isn't, I think Pablo Lopez is a fine pitcher. And, you know, it's easy to second guess a trade. But but I will say this, um, Louis Arise is, is having quite a year and checking in on, now look at it, five hits last night. He is 0 for 3 today with a walk. So, um, you know, maybe he'll go hitless today. Um, but I, I thought that was... Uh, an interesting sidebar uh, to to the proceedings down there. How's how's Louise Harais doing uh, so far? 0 for 3 today uh, with a walk. Other action in the big leagues, bottom of 7. Uh, the Phillies and the A's tied at 1. Oakland got off to that historically bad start. Now they've moved ahead of the Kansas City Royals and in Oakland today. Uh, they are tied at 1. So they are playing better ball. They're, they're still bad. But, but playing better, and we'll have more about the A's. And I, I think as more time goes on, the, the more upset I am with Commissioner Rob Manfred and some of the things he said about Oakland and the fans, now that it appears the A's have a deal to move to Las Vegas. Uh, stretch time, Cincinnati leading at Houston 6-2. to two. A lot of matinees today. Bottom of seven, the L.A. Angels leading the Kansas City Royals 8-3. to three. Uh, The Royals stuck in 18 wins. 18 wins in the middle of June. Uh, St. Louis leading in New York, playing the Mets 4-3, top of the 8th, bottom of 7. Atlanta leading Colorado 10-2, top of 7. Seattle leading the Chicago White Sox 3-2. Another miserable year. There were high expectations for the White Sox last year. Remember, I think they were the favorite to win the division. They ended up finishing second thanks to the Twins' collapse, but uh, the White Sox... Just maybe aren't very good. Uh, Milwaukee all over Pittsburgh. That's 5-0, top of nine in Milwaukee. Later on, Tampa Bay at San Diego. 
Uh, the Rays are really good. Twins saw that up close and a three-game sweep down in St. Petersburg. Also tonight, Giants and Dodgers from Chavez Ravine. And Cleveland and Arizona go at it tonight in Phoenix. Speaking of, of Phoenix, there's, there's been so much talk about the A's stadium talk. I, I don't know if you had heard this. And if you've ever flown into Phoenix, chances are, especially if you're sitting on the left side of the plane, downtown Phoenix is to your left as you approach Sky Harbor. The runway is run east-west. And they, you make this big loop over the north metro of Phoenix. You kind of go out by the football stadium in Glendale, and then you swing around and downtown's on your left. And sometimes I've flown into Phoenix, visit my mom and dad or visit my daughter who was going to school down in, in Tucson. The, the ballpark would be open and the roof would be open because they're trying to let the grass grow. That, that's a pretty new ballpark with a retractable roof. And their lease is up, what, in a couple of years, I think? And the Arizona Diamondbacks want a new ballpark. Oh, my. Good luck with that. Yeah, these poor, these poor desert teams, I tell you, just can't catch a break. Arizona, Vegas, I mean, I should say Oakland, just can't catch a break. Now, I haven't been to a game there, and I know they have a college football game at Chase Field in downtown Phoenix. And maybe it is the fact that it is downtown, and the people who live in the East Valley, Scottsdale, Mesa, Tempe, traffic in Phoenix is getting bad uh, at rush hour. Um, I, I'm glad Sky Harbor is kind of on the south end of town. You can get on I-10, and we'd we'd get out of there and get on I-10, and you know make the hour and a half drive down to Tucson uh, and get out of town pretty quickly. But the the traffic as the area grows continues to get worse and worse and worse. It, it it's more like LA all the time. But um, I I I can't believe they need a new stadium. And, I, and I've heard that maybe they want to be more out in the Scottsdale area um, and, and not be in downtown Phoenix. But that that's probably the next big ballpark battle along with, with what the Rays are going through in Tampa, St. Pete. Uh, by the way, finals in the big leagues, you know, one, Twins beat the Tigers 2-0. And then it was the Cubs over the Orioles 3-2 uh, to two today. Cubs four games over. But the Orioles have been another surprise th- this year and how well they're playing. And we mentioned... Red Sox and Yankees are rained out, so you're up to date on what's going on in the major leagues. When we come back, we will talk about the Oakland ballpark saga. And I know Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, ultimately works for the owners. I get that. Um, The commissioner's office was created, as you know, in the wake of the Black Sox scandal and throwing the World Series some 105 years ago. Kind of saw Mountain Landis took over as commissioner of baseball and, you know, had a lot of power. Well, that's been whittled away over the years. Now we have man Rob Manfred in charge. But what he said about Oakland and what he said in particular about the fans, I think crossed the line because it looks as though uh, the A's are going to leave town eventually and head for Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll, we'll get into that story in a moment here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Baseball, feeling the heat. Now, he is not to blame for the fact that the Oakland A's are moving to Las Vegas. You you can't 
blame him for that. That the fact that the A's owners probably didn't put a team on the field that fans would be interested to coming out and see based on their start. They were terrible. Um, And the fact that they play in a publicly owned facility that was just allowed to decay over the years. Now, I, I would assume the city of Oakland and Alameda County have budget challenges like a lot of municipalities around the country and that spending money on pro sports facilities isn't a priority. But with that said, uh, Oakland and Alameda County saw the Golden State Warriors move to a new arena on the water in San Francisco. Privately financed, however. And they saw their co-tenant at the Coliseum, the Raiders, who moved to L.A. and moved back and then ended up in Las Vegas in a new stadium just off the Strip. So the A's were all they had left. And things are complicated in California. I don't think it's as easy there to get public financing for stadiums. I I think you saw that play out in San Diego with the Chargers leaving the Murph and going into a deal with the Rams in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium. So you you know the story. It's very difficult to get public financing directly for sports facilities, arena stadiums, whatever. So the A's were in trouble as far as getting something done. But something could have been done by the county or city, and certainly by A's ownership, to do something to at least improve the fan experience at the Coliseum. Um, Plumbing notoriously bad, a dilapidated facility well past its prime. But when the Raiders left, how much would it have cost to tear down Mount Davis, the, the, the monstrosity that went from almost foul pole to foul pole in the outfield built for the Raiders. You know, the, the, the seating, the club seats, the, the suites, etc. Why don't you remove that and create the vibe that we saw once upon a time in the Coliseum where you, you could see the hills off in the distance. It had more of a ballpark feel. They could have done that. They decided not to. They decided to put no money into the ballpark. They decided to put no money into the team and the product on the field is suffering. They're playing better as of late, but uh, still a historically bad season, particularly in the modern era. But here's where Rob Manfred, I think, got to the point where, where why weigh in? Let it play out. Why, why, why comment? He was quoted in a number of articles. I feel sorry for the fans in Oakland. I do not like this outcome. I understand why they feel the way they do. I think the real question is what it is Oakland was prepared to do. That that means tax money. That that means public money to fund a ballpark or help fund a ballpark. There is no Oakland offer. They never got to the point where they had a plan to build a stadium at any site. It's not just John Fisher the owner. Uh, The community has to provide support, and at some point you come to the realization that's not going to happen. Meanwhile, Oakland says, well, there there have been proposals. There there have been ideas 
to get a new ballpark and keep the A's in Oakland. But it wasn't enough for ownership. They, they wanted uh, land around it for private development, etc. What's ironic is they're moving to Las Vegas on a tiny parcel of land on the strip across the street from the MGM. And Earlier we had Brian Horwath, who's from this neck of the woods and now a TV reporter in Las Vegas, uh, on before the ball game and said it's going to be a tiny spot of that Tropicana property right across the street from the MGM Grand on on the southern end of the Strip. And then the, the ballpark will sit on leased land, and the team will have no development rights. Uh, Bally's, the parent company of Tropicana, well, they're going to build a new resort next to the ballpark, of course. Nothing's free in Las Vegas. So they're going to Vegas, but the the mayor of Oakland went on to say, well, if it was just about building a ballpark and creating a situation, we could have done that in Oakland. So, and then Rob Manford went on to say when, when the fans showed up in support of the club, and I think they drew like 27,000, Manford, to paraphrase here, basically said, well, well, that's nice, Oakland fans came out, but but that's generally just average attendance around the major leagues. Basically to say, nice effort fans, but it's it's not enough. And the idea that the owners are going to reject this move to Vegas, they're not. They're, they're going to allow uh, one of the members of the club, one of their owners, to move the team to Las Vegas and, and take that deal. And uh, the, the fans in Oakland, well, sorry. Um, that That's the way it looks, but... Rob Manfred uh, came out of this not not looking very well. And to give you the direct quote, it was great. Speaking of that uh, reverse protest where some 27,000 fans shelled out their money to see a bad ball club, it's great to see what is this year almost an average Major League Baseball crowd in the facility for one night. That's a great thing, unquote. You almost have to go out of your way to say something like that. That that needs to be thought about. It's great to see what is this year almost an average Major League Baseball crowd in the facility for one night. That's a great thing. <clears throat> yeah. 5.34, we'll take a break, we'll come back, we'll have an update on the weather. We'll check that U.S. Open. The leaders finally getting ready to tee off. A lot of primetime golf in the third round of the Open tonight from Los Angeles Country Club. Yeah, leaders tee off here in a bit. Uh, and I know the sun's up longer, but I'm not complaining about a little primetime golf tonight. And uh, once again, the the weather will we get rain? We'll tell you more about that in a moment here on News Talk. E three O W C C O. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. With producer Josh Wheeler, I am Steve Thompson on a Saturday. Twins won early. Quick ball game today. Two hours, six minutes. Not a lot of hitting at Target Field today. Uh, the teams combined for just six hits in the ball game today. Twins beat the Tigers 2-0. They break that two-game losing streak to the Motor City Kitties. And same two teams tomorrow. And our sports coverage, remember, begins at 10 a.m. The Huddle, Pete Najarian, Dave Schwartz, a lot of great guests on the show. Then at noon, Inside Twins, Minor League Guru Jeremy Zoll at noon. And then at 12.30, Chris Atterbury in the lineup card. Corey Provost, Dan Gladden with all the play-by-play. Louis Varland on the mound on Father's Day in the series finale of that one. Uh, U.S. Open underway, third round. Uh, the leaders hitting the course. Rory McIlroy uh, is off to a pretty good start. Birdied the first, and he is now at nine under par. So the leaders hitting the course. Of course, Ricky Fowler will hit the first tee momentarily. He's at ten under par. Wyndham Clark one back. They're playing together. Harris English uh, one under after one. He's at minus eight. Rory McIlroy uh, once again. Just a moment ago, made uh, a birdie on one to get to nine under par. Xander Shoffley, all sorts of trouble on the first. Uh, He hit his tee shot into a bunker and hit the lip of the bunker not once but twice before he finally got out. And Shoffley right now ready to take a bogey on the first hole, so he'll drop back to seven under par. He's there with Dustin Johnson early in his round. Scotty Scheffler, even through three. He's at minus five for the tournament. Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Finau, Cameron Smith in a huge group at minus four. A lot of players at minus three, including PGA champion Brooks Kepka, uh, former U.S. Open champ Gary Woodland there, Hideki Matsuyama, who won the Masters a couple of years ago at minus two. So they are underway in the third round at Los Angeles Country Club and that uh, here in the central time zone, that third round coverage will go well into the evening on NBC tonight. Otherwise pretty quiet. The loons are idle. Uh, they get back in action next week. So uh, they they are not. NHL done, of course. The Vegas Golden Knights are the Stanley Cup champs. Uh, the NHL entry draft coming up, the NBA draft. I joked about that with Chris Hine earlier. Not a lot going on. No first-round pick uh, for the Timberwolves. But he did say something interesting at the end of our conversation. And, Josh, I'm not sure if that's available yet uh, on the website. I know you can go to the Odyssey app and use the rewind feature. But uh, Timberwolves fans, go back to that Chris Hine a visit because he said something really interesting at the end of it, and that was along the lines, well, there could be a trade. So I, I don't think he was predicting anything. Certainly he's got to be ready for it, but there are the rumors floating around that the twin or the Timberwolves may move on from Cat. We'll see about that. you got to make a big move at some point. I mean, I know we had the Rudy Gobert move last season or last offseason, but you might want to make another big splash if you're going to 
really take the chances of making a, a playoff run, I guess, more serious. And I think Cat's kind of the fall guy when it comes to that at this point because, let's face it, we've had eight years of Cat now, and uh, we have yet to reach the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I think it is a great point. Carl Anthony Towns is a gifted scorer. Does he bring enough to the table beyond that? Um, there, there has been question about his willingness to play defense consistently. And I think there are questions about, you know, his leadership skills. Is he a leader? Where Anthony Edwards, while still very young, has shown the ability, I want the ball, I want to be the leader of this team. And then you got veterans like Gobert and Mike Conley at the moment that could be a, a very nice compliment to Anthony Edwards and other role players on this team going forward. And let's face it, they gave up a ton to get Gobert and a lot of draft capital, and they should be able to get that back if they were able to move Carl Anthony Towns. And you would assume there would be interest in a player like Cat. So we'll see. Once again, there, there's, there's always rumors out there, but um, – that would be a big move, or or they could just play it back again this season, and you know, if healthy, what what could this team do with a, a healthy Carl Anthony Towns for eighty two games? So so we'll see about that, but we'll, we'll we'll certainly keep an eye on that for sure. Twelve minutes now in front of six, we'll go outdoors. Steve Carney will join us as we put a wrap on it on a Saturday. Once again, Twins win beat the Tigers earlier, two zero here on News Talk E three O W C C O. All the news at 6, big sports day tomorrow, the huddle, Dave Schwartz, Pete Najarian, between 10 and noon, inside Twins. Uh, minor league boss, Jeremy Zoll with Chris Atterbury. Chris in the lineup card at 12.30. Corey Provost, Dan Gladden with all the play-by-play at 1.10. Louis Varland on the mound. Twins try and earn a split of the four-game series. Don't forget, Red Sox in town for four starting on Monday. At Target Field, let's go outdoors. Our good buddy Steve Carney joins us. SteveCarneyOutdoors.com. Steve, how you been? I've been fabulous, Steve. What a great week of fishing. Oh, man, it was very stable weather-wise. The crappies were biting. The walleyes were biting. It is June, and it's uh, game is on right now, I'll tell you that. No no doubt, uh, no rest for the weary. Uh, stay after it. A uh, little bit of weather coming in could be bumpy. That could disrupt the bite a little bit. Oh, maybe. I think it's so good yeah. right now, Steve. I don't think anything is going to really affect it. I do have a sturgeon story for you. Lay it on me. Hey, I was, you know, doing my thing. I had a couple of guys from Rhinelander, Wisconsin, in my boat. We're uh, working a weed line, and all of a sudden I'm bringing in my swim bait, and it stops. And I'm thinking, well, it could be a snag. I'm kind of jerking on it. It felt like there was a lot of weight, like a rock pile or something. And pretty soon it starts moving, and it moved my boat. I'm actually chasing after this gigantic fish with my boat, and... We got about, I don't know, 10 feet, 12 feet, and it decides to come out of the water. And I'll tell you, Steve, I'm 6 feet 2, and this sturgeon was as long as I was, and it came up and broke water, came completely out of the water, almost took off my trolling motor in the front, and totally freaked me out. That's all I can tell you. I saw teeth, a white belly, and it was like right in front of me. It just jumped completely out of the water, through my swim bait, and it was like 
quite a Jaws experience is what that was. Really? Has, has, has yes. something like and that ever them. happened, Steve? I mean, have you you ever had an experience before like that on the water? You know, I've hooked them before, Steve, and lost them just because I'm using six-pound tests. And, you know, they're 100 pounds, maybe more than 100 pounds. But this time, I've never had one break water like that close to me and come completely out of the water. And I tell you, it was uh, it was quite an experience. It took me like a couple of days to get over it. It was just so freaky to see the teeth and that white belly and the length of the sturgeon. I mean, it was it was pretty wild. That that is amazing. What 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 about the people you were fishing with? Um, their jaws dropped about two feet, and there was dead silence. And it was like, what was that? I mean, you know, when you're out on the water a lot, stuff happens, and it's you know not unusual. But I've never had one break water like that before. And you know, there's a lot of sturgeon up in lakes country, and you see them jumping a lot out of the water. You know, when they're spawning, but. You know, to actually hook one and have one do that, it was, uh, it kind of wow. changed my life. It was really freaky, but, you know, they're an amazing creature. They're so long, so heavy, and gigantic. It's just uh, it's just so bizarre. Yeah, and you, you think about that more in the rivers than, than, than anything else. That that is, that is quite a story. Hey, Steve, before we run, where are you going to be in the coming week? Are you going to stay after it in Lakes Country? Absolutely, Steve. It's, you know, everything's going right now. The fish have dropped a little bit deeper, about 8 to 12 feet. They're not really shallow anymore. The weed growth is going crazy. We've got, you know, all that heat we had has really got the weeds going. So, yeah, it's just going to have to be a little more creative here in the next week or two. But the bite is definitely on. All right. Get out there early or late. What do you what do you think? Oh, early, 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 early. 5.30 in the morning and then get off by 11 to kind of avoid the heat. So the earlier you can get out, the better. And you also avoid the recreational people out there. They don't get out there till noon anyway. So get out yeah. there early. All right, Steve. Uh, we'll do it again in a week. Thanks. Sounds good. See ya. All right, Steve Carney with quite a sturgeon story. That is that is incredible. I, I, I would be a little freaked out as well. That, that, that's a good one. Uh, We've got all the news, all the weather. Big thanks to Josh Wheeler, our producer. Twins win, beat the Tigers 2-0. We'll try to get the series split tomorrow. Uh, Once again, the huddle at 10. Twins coverage begins at noon here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.